Late on Sunday, Chuck Brantley also enters his name in the portal. We're going to touch on that. And then also, hey, no Michigan State players that got drafted. We have not forgotten about you. We're going to hit on that for a little bit. And then, back by popular demand, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated here to break down all things Michigan State football. Let's you go. are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in here. Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white every single day. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and against all odds, we are still standing after the uh, just delightful, delightful day that we had yesterday with uh, Keon Coleman, you know, just leaving the school. And then our starting quarterback, Peyton Thorne, also saying, <laughs> no, that's okay, I'm going to leave uh, as well. So, yeah. And that's not the only two players, or the only players, rather, that entered the name in the portal as Chuck Brantley, defensive back forever, in my opinion, a Michigan State legend uh, for his interception against Michigan in that historic 2021 matchup. First time the Wolverines and Spartans met when they were undefeated, and, well, Spartans won that game. Thank you to Chuck Brantley's interception. So, yes, a legend in that regard, but he is out of here as well. He has entered the transfer portal. Um, Look, I... Like we said, Chuck, solid player. You know, he he had some good moments here, clearly in the starting rotation here. Um, but I, I don't think this is going to be as big of a blow as losing Peyton Thorne or Keon Coleman, uh, needless to say. Uh, he, hey, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. My third time bringing it up already in two minutes here. That interception against Michigan, that was a lot of fun. That was a great time. Uh, definitely the highlight of his career. And there were many other times where you could tell he was maybe just perhaps a little undersized. Now, whether that was being on the wrong end of some Marvin Harrison Jr. clips, or, you know, more importantly, just being available as well. Uh, He's a big hitter, massive hitter. Uh, Body does not match up to that. And he was a solid corner overall. But here's the thing. Let's get down to brass tacks here. I know that, uh, you know, everyone's got some opinions on Mr. Brantley and saying like, oh, well, he actually wasn't that great. It was just that interception he had. Like, no, he was solid. And here's the thing. You need some solid cornerbacks, all right? Because, oh boy, Nelly, uh, it is getting thin here in an already thin position group at cornerback right now behind him. Caleb Coley. All right, I've heard some good things about Caleb Coley. Redshirt freshman, uh, you know, he should be starting this year, especially with Chuck Brantley out of the picture. Got a chance Rucker might get some run here. The the true freshman and I, true freshman corners can be a little scary, but we have seen it done here in East Lansing. All right, those Josiah Scott days were not too long ago. But beyond that, Marky Lowry, who, of course, he, he's got his injury issues as well, has a hard time staying on the field. But when he does play, he is pretty solid. I mean, Samar Melvin behind him. It's, just, it's like, I, guys, like, I, I get it, like, Chuck Brantley, objectively like a, a an average cornerback, but I would kill to have one of those. <laughs> I would kill to have one of those. So, yeah, sad to see him go. Uh, already getting some good offers out there. Uh, I know that Oklahoma offered him very early off the bat, so he will have some Power 5 landing spots for him waiting. And uh, it's just another... Another, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just sucks there. That's that's the analogy I'll use. It sucks. Uh, yeah, okay, so let's move it on to some happier things here. Uh, hey, some Spartans got drafted in the NFL over the weekend. Three players got drafted, and uh, if you, if I told you before the draft that three players from Michigan State are going to be drafted and you picked this correct combination of Jaden Reed, of course, we all knew he was going to be drafted, Bryce Berenger, who we all assume would be drafted as well, and then Amir Speed, also getting drafted. Uh, if that was on FanDuel, that that was a bet one dollar to win 
2.6 trillion dollars uh, right there because I no one saw the Amir Speed pick coming except for the New England Patriots. But let's start from the top here. Let's start with Jaden Reed. And this was also a surprise as well because we combed through a bunch of mock drafts and the highest that I saw him was going 91, which was kind of in the middle, early-ish middle of the third round, which is still fantastic. Uh, a lot of these mock drafts, the most of them, had him in the fourth round, you know, very early on that third day. But the Green Bay Packers, that's right, the Green Bay Packers, how about 50th overall for Jaden Reed? Um, he also said in his media uh, availability that, you know, he's excited to uh, return punts. So not just a receiver over there at Lambeau Field coming up, but yes, uh, expected to be uh, the returner as well. And this is a fantastic spot for Jaden Reed to fall, in my opinion. Uh, over there in the NFL, right there, you have Christian Watson as the top receiver in Green Bay. And behind him, behind Christian Watson... Romeo Dobbs, uh, Samori Toure, Bo Melton, I, I, at least one of those were made-up names, but that's what the Packers' depth chart tells me they have. But yeah, there are snaps and reps and catches to be had, and more importantly, more excitingly, from a quarterback uh, in Jordan Love that actually wants to probably be around his receivers, build some chemistry, and not just go off to Venezuela and smoke whatever tree bark that he could possibly find, and then do a darkness retreat, and then go into the season having serious miscommunication errors with his receivers and then wondering, huh, why is this happening? It's, it's if, like, I just skipped out on a whole practice session uh, going into the season. Anyway, that's enough Aaron Rodgers uh, grave tap dancing. This is not what you're here for. You're here to hear about Michigan State Spartans. Also, Bryce Berenger, first punter off the board. He goes to New England. Can't really be too surprised about that, him being the first punter off the board. He was the best one in this draft. And, yeah, going sixth round overall, that's where... Uh, some mock drafts had him, either 6th or 7th round. I believe I saw one that had him 5th round. But hey, you know what? Dr getting drafted is getting drafted. Now, of course, not the only Michigan State Spartan that got drafted by the Patriots. Amir Speed, of course. Of course Amir Speed got drafted. Uh, hey, look, this, this, is, uh, this is a shock. I, I'm not going to front. Uh, I am not going to lie to you people and say like, oh yeah, no, I actually could have saw this coming. No, I didn't see this coming in a million years. Uh, look, hey, he's got the great frame, right? You know, tall, rangy kid, six foot three. I mean, and if there's one guy out there in the league that can look at someone like that, a nice, rangy defensive back, and think to themselves, I could break this horse into being a great NFL player, it's probably Bill Belichick. So whether it's going to be on defense, you know, I, I assume famously the Patriot way is that a lot of these rookies will get their start on special teams. Hey, any way you slice it, Amir Speed is in the league, baby. So good on Amir Speed. Um, who cares what the, the, the naysayers like me have to say? You're in the league, and you got drafted. Now, there are some undrafted free agents that signed pretty early after the draft. Jared Horst, he went to the Dolphins, and they're actually projecting him to be more of an interior lineman down in the NFL over in Miami. Uh, of course, he was the left tackle this year for Michigan State. So, yeah, interior lineman perhaps. Or, hey, who knows, maybe he does bounce it outside. Ben Van Sumeren. He falls at a nice landing spot. He signs with the Eagles. Hopefully he can stick on there because, well, Philly's got something special going on. And then Jacob Slade and Kendall Brooks, they are with the Cardinals. And Xavier Henderson over with the Commanders. Uh, we will update you guys if they start to make it deeper into the roster cuts, you know, as the NFL season gets closer and all that good stuff. But there we go. We're going to be met with Chase Glasser here. And I got to give you a peek behind the curtain, actually, right now because Chase and I, we spoke last Friday. All right, I tried to pre-can an episode here before I went on a little short getaway with the misses. And, uh, well, hey, here we are. Uh, the first segment was entirely talking about quarterbacks, and namely Peyton Thorne. Guess what happened between that recording on Friday and this show today? 
Peyton Thorne's not here anymore. So yes, we had to edit a good part of that out, but also we're going to get started here talking about, you know, going into the season with the quarterback battle. All right, I'm going to really upset some people right now. Chase is a Michigan fan, but he's awesome at breaking the game down. He is, does wonderful work at Spartans Illustrated. He comes in peace, everyone, so give him a chance here. But I ask him, hey, just like Michigan did last year in bringing their quarterback battle into the season, that's where we're going to start our conversation if he says, like, oh, yeah, Thorne versus Kim, let's just replace those names with Kim and Hauser. All right, still going to make some sense, but, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, just quick little editing note before going any further. All right, I'll stop wasting your time. Chase Glasser, let's get it. And, you know, cats out of the bag, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, you you are a, uh, a fan of that school down the road, of course. You know, you're very objective about <laughs> Michigan State. You're wearing green and white hoodie, for God's sake, as Spartans Illustrated. Um, yes, see, there we go. Flex that for us. But, yeah, last year you guys had the situation where, all right, you know what? We're just going to let this quarterback battle go on into the season, all right? Kate, you get start one against what, Divine Child or whoever it was against. Uh, start two, JJ, you get Hawaii. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I just even – whether it's just from an analytical standpoint or just a, a raw fan standpoint, like, would you recommend that for another school? I mean, that, that seemed like it obviously worked out for you guys. Well, but was that a rare circumstance that it worked? Yeah, out, I it, it, I don't know. It, it, it worked, but I, I also think it was kind of one of those things where McCarthy was always going to get the job. And I, I think so I, too. Yeah. 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 I just, I really didn't think there's a scenario in which Michigan goes in the Ohio state game with Cade McNamara starting. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, there is a transition cost to that, right? I mean, everybody watched the uh, Fiesta Bowl, right. right? And you can't be throwing balls into linebackers' chest plates, right? It's, it's, it's you know, tough. You're not going to games like that, right? But <laughs> yeah. also, it's it's when, when Michigan State's able to put a pretty effective cap on your passing game, McNamara's not running for 55 yards and picking up four third downs or whatever it is, right? So mm -hmm. it's, there's a transition cost. I don't know. I think here's the thing, and it's a luxury that Michigan State does not have. Michigan didn't play a real team until about week five. And even then it's Iowa. Right. So it's okay. It, uh, what, are, what are we really talking about as far as are we going to get outscored? Mm -hmm. And Michigan state has a team that is very much in my opinion, going to threaten for the PAC 12 uh, coming in in week three. You don't, do you really want to have a quarterback make it his first or second start with that? I don't think you're probably going to make a, a, a switch until after uh, that game um at least at least yeah. and then um you know you look at the rest of their schedule and it okay so after washington you got maryland i they could be something you've got iowa and then you've got rutgers then you got michigan so it's where exactly are we looking at making that change it's just it's tough short of yeah. injury it's tough you don't have the ramp up period of playing you know you said the, the catholic league double a division right um <laughs> no if something happens in fall camp and you want to make a decision with central Michigan and Richmond. I think that's something you can do. That is, that is, mm -hmm. is something I think you very much can do. Uh, but you're going to have to have something happen in fall camp. Um, and that's just something where you have to have your, your finger kind of on the heartbeat of the team in a way that I just, I certainly do not. We are going to be back with Chase Glasser here in a hot second, but first need to talk your ear off about FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, and it is a great time of year to get in on the action. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB regular season. Hey, if you like how your team drafted over the weekend, go find all the NFL props over at FanDuel. And hey, you know what? Let's get back to baseball. It's grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They are all back, and there's no better place to get in on all the MLB action than with FanDuel, America's number one one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 
Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. It is that simple. So do not miss your chance to get in on the No Sweat First Bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. It's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Yeah, no, you took the words out of my mouth there. It's like, if you were to do this battle, like, when would you plug guys in? Washington, okay, that's tough. And let's say you lose that Washington game because you are a touchdown underdog. That's kind of a, I mean, you don't want to call September game a must-win game, but it'd be really nice to be 3-1 and one instead of 2-2 two and two with a loss against Maryland. So you're going to plug a new guy in for that game. And then, okay, hey, let's say you didn't, but you want to do it the next week. At Kinnick Stadium is where you want to do this. Yeah, right. there's just like not really a good right. spot to really do this. So that's a yeah, that's real nice yeah, convenience. It, the schedule is not kind. <laughs> the schedule is not kind in that way. Um, but I do think if something has to happen, you can even see it. Hey, hey, it's it's the third quarter against Washington. It's it's you know twenty eight to thirteen. We haven't been able to get anything going. We're going to make a switch. You never know. I mean, that can. It, it was a loss against Michigan State, uh, with where Tom Brady took over for Henson, and he really didn't gotcha. look back there. You know, and I think it. I don't, they went on some sort of run, did not win, uh, but that was the moment where it kind of took over. And um, I don't know. You, you never know what could happen in fall camp. There, I'm sure yeah. the biggest thing, one of my biggest takeaways from the spring game is just there's depth. It exists. You know, you can, okay. um, you, you have that kind of positional and organizational depth where um, you can do simulated games, right, in practice. You can do things like that and um, – they're not stupid. I mean, it, it's the, the quarterback is, is there's a reason that every boardroom, there's an analogy. Oh, it's the quarterback of the company. It's because it's a very important position. And um, yeah. I almost think the premium of the quarterback position might work against someone like him trying to supplant Thorne just because he is young. Um, he hasn't sure. run the offense for as long, but he has been in practice for two, three years. And um, they, they, I'm sure they have a good uh, kind of gauge of what he can do and what he brings. So it's going to be really interesting. I don't think it's settled. But I would put Thorne um, maybe not firmly ahead of, of uh, Kim, but but certainly definitively ahead, I think, as it stands now. Sure. Right on. We'll call it like five lengths in the league on this beautiful Kentucky Derby <laughs> week that, that we have Something going like that. on right yes, now. Sir. Yes. Yeah, right on. Uh, there's one other thing that I wanted to hit on with the offense, and this comes straight out of your film room piece that you did with Spartans Illustrated, if I could plug that one more time. Appreciate it. And you know what? I've been talking up and down about the personnel of the run game. It's been a big yeah. upgrade from mm-hmm. Nathan Carter and Jaron Mangum from what you had last year with Jarek Broussard and Eli Collins, who were like fine, but man, yeah. did that really not work well in short yarded situations. Yes. But you went further than the personnel. You think that there might be something else that could really help Michigan stay from what you saw at the spring game starts with an F ends with formations. So yes. uh, that yeah. could help us too. Take us to um, church here. What, what do we got here? Well, so it's, it's Michigan state had a couple different formations. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I took away from kind of the, the formational smorgasbord they put out there, a lot of it's the same thing that you you've seen. You have a tight end, some the H, whatever you want to yeah. call it, kind of aligned behind the tackle um, uh, uh, an offset running back. Uh, and then, and then you got like a two by one receiver set. That's normal. But, um, Michigan State did two things, and I think both of them show that they have a lot of faith in the running backs uh, from kind of a personnel group, uh, which which would make me feel very good uh, about thinking about the run game and just you return a lot of returning production on the offensive line that, if anything, they're a year older, right? Even if they're not necessarily better, they're a year older, they're more grizzled, they're more experienced. Um, the Michigan State pulled out, um, as far as in, in kind of the short yardage game, uh, Mangum got a lot of run and he, he had an absolute truck stick. I think on Khalil Majid, that was impressive. Okay. Um, 
But I, I think when you think about Michigan State in short yardage, there were multiple scenarios where it, I think the fourth and one against Michigan, um, that was bad. Uh, it just it, it, it wasn't working. It developed too slow. But I think a lot of that was whether you want to talk about a miscommunication or it should have been a quarterback sneak. Um, there were multiple instances throughout the season where it was pretty clear they didn't feel great about short yardage. Um, and what Michigan State did, they would put um, an inline tight end to the same side as that H-back with Jared Mangum at like seven yards deep where he's just getting a full head of steam. Yeah. And it's just basically, this is coming at the B gap. It's coming at your face and, and we're going to get two yards, right? It's, that is something that Michigan state did not do before. They were doing a lot of stuff from the gun, um, even in, in short yardage situations. And I know that that's the thing that people do. I know pretty much every team does it, but it just something spiritually feels very wrong to me about operating in short yardage from the gun. I just, I hate it. I don't like it. I'll never Correct. like it. Yeah, it's just spiritual. This is Big Ten football. It's, it's, that is not the way God intended power to be run, right? So, <laughs> Correct. they did this kind of um, deep set eye with uh, a, a tight end and H kind of set up in a fullback spot with another um, tight end in line, kind of on the end of the line of scrimmage. That's going to spread your linebackers out a little bit. You can't just completely pack the A gap. Um, and I think you will see Michigan State be better in short yardage. Uh, and I also just think uh, Mangum is, is a better short yardage back than than. Um, Berger was last year, uh, and certainly Broussard. Um, yeah. So I, I would feel pretty good about that um, from just a sh- kind of short yardage perspective. I, I feel vindicated because, like, I had a mini meltdown last year about short yardage situations from shotgun. And, like, I saw a tweet that popped up. It's like, actually, um, it's more likely to get a first down in shotgun than under center. And that was that was my moment where I was like, I don't care. Right. I, I, I do not care. Like, I'm just digging my feet in the sand. I have principles, and this yes. is where they start. Yeah. Right well, here, it's, you it's, go. It's one of the like the the you see a, a couple times a season analytics nerds being like, well, it's statistically play action has the same amount of success even if there's not even a quarterback or a running back in the backfield and the quarterback just takes a hand up. I don't care. I, I, I don't believe you. I don't. I don't believe you. <laughs> we have principles, all right? right. Like we we stand for something, and it's going to be getting under that center on absolutely on short yardage situations. Um, from one Mangum brother to another, we're gonna switch sides of the ball here. This is something I've been wrestling with mentally, and hopefully you can give me some clarity. Um, This is going to take a lot of therapy, so to speak, here before kickoff. But, hey, look, there's a lot of excitement to be had in the defensive secondary because you have Jaden Mangum. You have Malik Spencer. You Mm -hmm. have Dylan Tatum. These are all young guys Mm -hmm. playing in the secondary. They got some run last year. Clearly, they're going to be ready to go this year. Or am I just saying that because, like, there's no real other option behind them and they had to play last year? Well, because everyone was getting hurt every five seconds, so they're kind of forced into that role. I got. I guess the short version of that question is, like, are these guys good? Like, are, are they actually good, or are we just talking ourselves into them being good before the season? I know well, it's still guess, a spring. Yeah, thing, yeah. But, yeah. So I guess first to kick the can down the road a little bit more, um, another just very brief thing that Michigan State did with the running backs, which I thought was really cool, yeah. was uh, instead of they – Michigan State used a lot of condensed formations, um, which it makes it easy. It's easier to ID blocks when you do that. Um, mm-hmm. So they'd have like a, a, a three by one, a trip set, pretty close to the line of scrimmage, uh, the run surface. They did uh, a three by one with the, the three receivers spread out, and then they'd, they'd take a tight end and they'd put him um, away from the receiver surface, and then they would put a running back aligned to the tight end. And almost every single play, they would run, even with Jared Mangum, uh, or Jaden Mangum, sorry. Uh, they uh-huh. would run something where there was um, 
the, the, the tight end and the, the running back would be operating on the same side of the field uh, on different levels of the defense. They used the running backs as a passing threat a lot. There was, even if they okay. didn't get a target, there was a threat on every play. And I think that means they feel good about that too. And that's just another way to stretch a defense. If you have a guy uh, who can catch passes out of the backfield, as we hope the lions uh, first pick in the draft, Jameer Gibbs will be able to do. So yeah, um, yeah just to prevent our, us from talking about the secondary for a touch longer. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> but, you're fine. But as far as the secondary, right? Are the are these guys good? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, this is a horrible time to ask, like in April. You know, just to, hey, <laughs> what do you think? You saw them for ninety minutes at a spring game. How are they? But yeah, yeah. man, I, and, and it's just bothering it is, me. It's bothering me. Michigan State didn't do anything um, with the secondary. It, it was just we're going to come out in a four-two-five. We're going. It was very vanilla. Uh, yeah, by, by design, um, and that's okay. Um, so, I mean, kind of working from the back end with the safeties and starting down, um, I think Dylan Tatum's going to be a pretty good player. He was uh, – yeah, yeah. he got run against Penn State uh, in the last game of the season and did not look completely lost. He looked like he belonged. Uh, and he looked like he was an athletic match. Um, you know, you don't want him running down the scene with the slot receiver probably, but he was someone who athletically looked like he belonged on the field and was generally in the right position. And for a, a, a freshman – Making his first start, I think that's all you can reasonably ask. I think you can expect him to be a, a plus player in the secondary. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, Mangum got a fair amount of run uh, at yeah. safety last year, uh, and, and he was pretty darn good. I, I am excited about him, I okay. think. Uh, I think he will be positive. It's, it's hard with safeties because so much of it is, um, did you make a catastrophic mistake? If not, <laughs> right. all right, then, then we'll have a discussion. And. From yeah. what I saw, the safeties didn't make any catastrophic mistakes. They were generally in the right area code. And we're just going to have to see once the game start. well, how are they looking with the balls in the air? You know, what are they – how are their run fits? Um, they were present in run support. Uh, Khalil Majid got put on uh, Jaden Mangum's highlight reel, uh, getting completely run over <laughs> in the B-gap. But he was in position, right? And yeah, he, he was there. He, yeah, yeah, he was He was there. Um, so there's that. I think the safeties will probably be fine. Um Cornerback, it, it gets a little more interesting. I think Angelo Gross is locked down the nickel, uh, and I think that okay. that's good. I think that um, you know that was kind of what you were hearing, um, and you saw that in the spring game. Uh, he got got a couple times. That's going to happen, especially when Michigan State did a lot of stuff with internal crossing routes, where you've got your slot receivers and a tight end. You know, this is a that's a play designed to put your slot corner in conflict. So you're going to get got. There's a couple times where he made really good deflections. Um, once in particular, I think it was on Mosley, showed some closing speed and, and, and knocked the ball down. That was great. And uh, I, I think he's going to be um, fine there. I don't know if it will necessarily okay. be great. He might have some issues in run support because he's not the biggest guy. But it's a position that I think you could say, all right, the, the nickel is is locked. Um, and then you go outside and it gets interesting. Um so <laughs> I don't like I don't that know. word. Yeah. Um, I don't think <laughs> it's a nice it way of be, saying, uh Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll be as bad as um, it's been in, in last year or, or necessarily the year before that. I really don't. Um, Coley uh, was it Coley. Uh, yeah. Caleb. Yeah. Caleb Coley. Yeah. I just always yeah, yeah. last name Coley. Uh, he was hmm. in phase a couple times. He got turned around. Uh, you got to work on that. Um, that's okay. something you don't want. Um, Kimbrough is out there. I, I don't know. I almost feel like he's just kind of lost his confidence. Um, it's just, it, it stinks to see a guy who is athletically belongs, but it's just, he got turned around pretty good a couple times. Uh, probably Thorne's best throw of the day was, was really kind of picking him apart. 
you never say never, uh, but it's tough. I, I think he's kind of been laboring uh, the last year and a half or so, uh, and, and you feel for him, but I don't know yeah. if that's the direction you want to go at corner. Um, Justin White is a guy who um, was present. Uh, he was there a lot, uh, got his got his arm uh, on a couple couple balls. Uh, I think I even saw him get around a blade of grass and make a tackle. Um, but but he, was, he, he was in phase, right? And um, – there was he was matched up on my Tory Foster a lot. This guy we'll talk about a little bit later, and it was fun to watch him battle because they're they're two younger guys, and and it, it was good to watch him. And then as far as just the other people that Michigan State returns, I think they'll be able to cobble together a secondary that will be fine. It's not going to be great, but I don't think it's going to be a pass defense. If their pass defense is as bad as it was last year or or the year before. I don't think it's going to be because the secondary is completely lit on fire. I don't think the secondary is going to be very good, but I don't mm-hmm. think, I think if just with the depth they have on defense now, if the, if the past defense is as bad as it's been, it's because there's some sort of a holistic failure where it's okay. Darius snow got hurt again and our linebackers can't cover anybody or sure. um, this, this pass rush, this front seven that we think is going to be pretty darn good. Just didn't show up. It's going to have to be something more holistic like that. Um, I don't think I don't think the secretary is going to be good, but I don't think they're going to get, you know, it's not going to be you're getting barbecued every play. Uh, and when you look at the teams they play, I mean, who are you really worrying about torching? It's Ohio State, sure. I yeah. mean, that's everybody. Uh, and mm-hmm. Washington, but Washington's offensive line might not be very good, and, and we'll have all off season to talk about that. Um, right. But it's it's you play in a conference where you're not going to, you're not playing Texas Tech followed by Oklahoma, <laughs> right? It's it's yeah, it's right. a little more. Um, run focused on that. And, and I think that that's an area where Michigan state has a lot of strength, especially when you look at teams that are going to play like Iowa, like Michigan, um, they will make life hard for them. Uh, so, and, and the good front seven helps the back end a lot. So yep. I guess that's a long way of saying we'll see, um, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like the, the floor of this year's secondary is bad. That's the floor, you know? So that's, that's the bad news. The good news is, Hey, in years past, the floor was horrific. So like it, it, it be a lot we're raising our floor from horrific to bad at least and hey maybe even be good should these young guys be solid or kimbra sees some you know gypsy or i don't know like a voodoo doctor and like has some spell or deal with a devil where he does get all his confidence back miraculously but (laughs) we'll see uh on that one i kind of think that ship has sailed a little bit but that's that's okay it is it's it's still depth right like injuries happen and he's still a guy who's played a lot of ball he's played in the big time he's played in the sec and and it's it's you know he'll be there he'll be around (sighs) yeah we'll see before i let you go and and enjoy just the, the rest of your life out there until we of course drag you back on the show again because you can't just leave that easily absolutely is there anything else that you're just absolutely champing at the bit to to talk about here regarding spring ball Any, anything that we left on the cutting room floor that you just want to hit on really quick yeah you know i thought uh i thought the the young wide receivers look pretty darn good you didn't see Coleman, okay. uh but i mean he wasn't going to get a bunch of targets anyway uh yeah. mosley i mean like we said he's going to be running a, across the middle of the field a lot he's going to be he's going to be catching a lot of balls in those drag routes he looked good i mean that's I, I, someone said I, I forget who it was was interviewed saying he's got the best hands on the team some of the best hands he's ever seen uh, i think it might have been Jaden reed it was uh, asked about michigan state and some pre-draft but uh, he looked like that. He looked like he's going to be a very good, very reliable slot receiver. Um, so that's good. Uh, you've got Coleman. He's going to be excellent. And then that other receiver spot, I mean, both Montori Foster uh, Jr. and Tyrell Henry made really good plays. Um, you know, 
God bless Katen Hauser throwing a hospital ball. Uh, you, you cannot oh, throw a ball like that in, in Big Ten play. But what a catch by Tyrell Henry, right? And sure. You've been hearing about sure. his athleticism, right? And uh, <laughs> he got it, got cracked, and hung onto it, so that's great. Uh, and then I thought, as far as Montori Foster, if you're going to have Coleman split out wide, if you just want someone to align to the tight end, and you're not going to do anything super tricky. You're going to be running hitch routes. You're going to be probably running a couple posts. He had steady yeah. hands, played with some physicality. Um, and I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, and he's a guy who was hurt last year a fair amount and, and uh, didn't really get to see him. Um, I think he's going to be a positive. And, and I think that Michigan State's going to be able to throw the ball pretty well. Um, Malik Carr had a drop, but we've also seen Malik Carr made a lot of good catches. Um, if yeah. Michigan State elects to utilize um, their, their, um, their, their guys in, at the tight end position in the passing game, I think they're going to be good uh, at, at throwing the ball and having a good tight end, especially for a quarterback that's been a little up and down like Thorne. That's a great safety valve. Someone who's big, strong, just box out the ball. Uh, we've watched Carr be a plus receiver. Um, Ty Neal Hopper was brought in. A lot was made about his blocking ability. It's kind of hard to tell in a spring game. He got absolutely decapitated by uh, Cal Halliday okay. once. But, I mean, he was all big time. That'll happen to you. Um, yeah. I think he's he's got to bulk up a little bit. You're going to be playing some backers that are, are not quite what you were seeing at Boise State, um, but that's okay. I thought uh, Adelaide, Adelaide uh, he had he had some really good flashes, and um, I, I I'm looking for him to to be certainly a rotational piece, possibly a starter. Uh, I think he will be okay. positive, and we'll we'll go through position previews and everything as the summer goes on. But I really think the front seven for Michigan state on defense are going to be really good. Didn't see uh, Darius snow yet, but uh, he's still yeah. working his way back. I think he's going to just at the, um, at, at the athletic kind of, when you're looking at athletic upset on linebackers, God bless Ben Van Sumeren. And, and he's a workout warrior. And I know his, his right. tests were super good. Uh, and they're probably going to get him drafted here, but um the man cannot cover. I, I, you know, it's, it's, you watch him play and he's trying to bless him, but uh, you know, right. you don't want him carrying a, a tight end down the seam or anything like that. Losing Darius snow on the first quarter of the season. I don't think that the impact of that on the defense can be overstated because you just lose so much athleticism, uh, so much yep. burst and the ability to cover. I mean, you're talking about your corners being on islands. If you can, if you can save a safety, by having a uh, linebacker that's athletic enough to cover a tight end in some capacity, whether it's that you're running a hook zone or you're carrying a guy, whatever, then all of a sudden your safety can do other things and that helps everybody. So it's just the athletic premium that was taken away from the linebacker position so early in the season, I think really threw a lot of things in flux and, and it's going to be exciting to see him be able to run a whole season, hopefully um, because I think he's a, a terrific athlete and should help a lot. And then you've got, Guy like Cal Halliday, who God bless him, can't really cover either, but he's going to be a, a pretty darn good run defender, and yeah. that's important too. So I, I, it, I, I didn't see anything that's that's detracting from what I've been saying. I think Michigan State's going to be just fine. Uh, they're going to win eight games, and and I think at the end of the season, everyone's going to be feeling very good about okay, we're back on track, and and things are okay. Um, I'm just I, I really don't think what you saw last year. I understand the concern, um, but you ran through 27 different defensive starters and were Elijah Collins, you know, falling down in the middle of the field versus uh, on a hash from being six and six, making a bowl, getting 15 more practices. And I, I just, I, I think the rumors of program death have been greatly over-exaggerated. Um, and it was just good to, to see people out playing football with pads on. Uh, it was a good thing. I, I do think in the future, if they timed it a little bit better with the, 
ending of the 5k you might be able to get even more people in the stands but there was a great Thank turnout uh, it was a Thank great you. day yeah. there was a great turnout and um, <laughs> yeah you know that was cool that was that was cool uh, i know my brother on campus really enjoyed it and uh it just seemed like a great time and uh that's kind of the last taste of football we get until until we're all kind of itching for it in the middle of the summer but it was exciting yep. it was good to see and, and a lot of good takeaways and even in the middle of the summer, we're still going to, like I said, drag you back on here. I'm sure you'll be uh, requested heavily in the email uh, inbox, lockonspartans at gmail.com or just in the YouTube comments below, what have you. But uh, no, Chase, really do appreciate it, man. If you guys like Chase, if this was an enjoyable half hour for you or there's more of that came from at Spartans Illustrated, yes, of the Rivals Network. So go check out all the works there, gang. We will be back tomorrow. It's going to be top five reasons to be optimistic about Michigan State football this fall. It's me. It is a chief of propaganda on Twitter. But until then, hey, go enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Go green.